Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome back to Principles with Corey and Logan. Really looking forward to diving in. It's been a little bit since we've been together, Logan. And, uh, uh, you know, I always enjoy kind of spitballing with you uh, with some of the things we've talked about. And before we really jump in today, one of the topics we want to talk about is one of my favorite words, Logan, opportunity. 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 That's it. You know, and my wife always messes with me um, with our kids. She talks about, you know, you ask your kids, if you could be any animal, what kind of animal would you be? And uh, she says, I'm a prairie dog because, you know, opportunity, opportunity. <laughs> so uh, anyways, I ain't no prairie dog. I'm like a, I'm like a lion, you know, but anyway. Uh, so Logan, catch us up, man. What, what you been up to uh, since the last time we've been on the last time you and I got together, you had just, I think you had just gotten back from your hunt and you talked about that hunt and we talked about uh, eating all parts. Yeah. Uh, the deer and the elk so catch us up what, what you been up to since then man i've been back a couple of times um uh, i killed my first uh really good whitetail buck um i went back and chased elk a couple more times uh uh had some opportunities that <laughs> slipped through my fingers um so i wasn't uh, my preparation um in a couple of facets wasn't probably quite where it needed to be so um I, I got some great learning out of it, some some great experience, learned what works, what doesn't work, and um, got a little bit better for next year. Um, opened a couple of hotels and working on due diligence uh, on a new a new business as well. So um, and just rolled the calendar on 2020 and looking forward to a uh, a great 2021. Um, I think everybody can kind of relate, but I. 2020 was a year of highs and lows. Um, there were some, I think it's, it's easy to look back and see how many challenges there were. Um, but at the same time, um, at least I personally hit a lot of personal milestones, uh, some family milestones and then some real lows as well. So, uh, kind of reflecting back, um, trying to harvest a lot of the good and replicate it and turn the page on some of the stuff that wasn't as good. And, um, and use it to get a little bit better. Yeah. You know, we did a, a couple of days ago, we, we did the training with, with your team and we talked about um, that reflection sheet and one of the questions on there, what, how, what's one word you'd sum up the year? How, what, what's your word or phrase? Anomaly. Anomaly. Was, yeah. was mine. I think t- 2020 was just one of those weird years. Yeah. Um, Everybody I talked to out West from a hunting standpoint said, man, once every 10 years, there's just a weird one. And this was it. Uh, there were wildfires everywhere. There was abnormally hot weather. Uh, when you look at financial markets, you thought they would do one thing. They did something else. Then you adjusted and they did the thing you thought they were going to do to begin with. Um, the beginning of the year, I said, uh, oh man, with all of this volatility, um, everybody's printing money, all this, the stimulus packages, you're going to see Bitcoin skyrocket. You're going to see gold go up. Well, two months in, none of that had happened. Here we are with uh, two days ago, Bitcoin was over 40,000. So my, which is like a three X on what it was. Um, So 
my prediction was right. My timing was wrong. I missed an opportunity. Um, but all that to say, I think 2020 was just kind of an anomalous year um, and ready to get back into uh, maybe not normal, but just get back into routine. That's kind of what my teams are focused on this year is let's get back into routine. Let's get back to trying to uh, meet and exceed our goals. Let's set good goals this year. And then let's get back to our plan of attack and maybe not normal, but routine. You know, I, you know, I, I like kind of what you're talking about, the routine. And, you know, I think we've got a new normal coming. You know, there, there's change and then sometimes there's structural change. And I think we're going through a structural change. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're not going back to the horse and buggy. You know what I'm saying? That's you know, right. there's a structural change that happened. Uh, I mean, we're not going back to the rotary phone, right? A structural change happened. I think we're going through a structural change where there is a kind of a new normal in, in a lot of different industries like education and, you know, all, all over too. And um, I'd like to dive in here in just a few minutes about opportunity because you're in that hotel industry and that was an industry that was hit hard, right? Yet you guys still opened up hotels in, in 2020. Overall, how many hotels did you guys open up? We opened up four hotels in 2020. Yeah. Um, That's not a small thing. No, typically, <laughs> I mean, not typically, but opening a hotel is a, it's a big deal. It's a big job. Um, the teams did an amazing job to, to make it happen. Um, construction crews worked through it. I mean, there were very odd uh, anomalous delays with, hey, this contractor is supposed to be here, but now they've got a two week delay because they've got a quarantine with COVID. Um, opening inspections may or may not be virtual or in person. Um, very odd. Uh, everybody learned how to adapt. And, and I think we talked about this right when COVID hit uh, last February, March, but uh, there's going to be a great season of opportunity to capture talent, number one, yeah. and and number two, the people that and the companies that evolve and adapt the fastest are going to win. Uh, and so we've we've got uh, some great people um, in guest services. We've got some great people in housekeeping. We've got some great people in revenue management uh, and development that had enough foresight and then that have adapted and evolved faster uh, than than some other folks out there that have allowed us to, where we may be down, our market shares up and we're positioned to, to be able to roll that extra market share into capturing the talent that's out there so that hopefully when markets normalize, uh, we, we can retain that market share, but that market, that pie is gonna be a little bit bigger. Um, so that's kind of what we're focused on right now. Yeah. Just curious, what was the mindset there, you know, as, as, and I know opening a hotel that actually takes planning. So you probably already would in some planning phases and those kind of things, but how did the mindset, what was the mindset there when a lot of people probably pumped the brakes and stopped doing some stuff, I guess, what was the mindset there to like, there is opportunity here. I know this is going on, but let's continue to chase that chase that down and, and make this a reality. What was the mindset there? So I'd say it's twofold. From a developer standpoint, it was it's a hey, this is a this is not a property that's relying on operational funds. Yeah. So the hotels or any sort of asset that was under construction, bank money is still good. Yeah. Banks are still lending um, at very low rates uh, mm -hmm. right now. 
Um, so granted, the, these types of things are locked in, you know, at some point years in advance, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months yeah. in advance. But um, you're not really hitting any hiccups in terms of financing, typically, unless you see extreme rises in construction costs, which we did see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then and then some pretty big supply chain hiccups. Um, hiccups may be a bit of an understatement. Um, some serious supply chain disruptions yeah. uh, that impact everybody. Uh, everybody saw what happened with toilet paper, uh, but then there are still issues with, with getting certain things, um, hotel specific, it might be linens, it might be your food order has some substitutions in it or, or whatever it may be. Uh, and it's different for every industry, uh, but there were supply chain disruptions, um, but in terms of having the resources to get to the finish line, not a ton changed for us. Uh, what did change was the mentality of what happens when you get to um, the construction finish line, which is the operational start line. Yeah, um, oh yeah. So we just kind of call it the new start line. Yeah. Uh, so when we get to the new start line, congratulations, let's celebrate the victory. You did an awesome job getting this hotel open. Now we've got to ramp up. What changed a lot was the the ramp up process um, because businesses aren't traveling as much. Uh, so your your market segmentation, your revenue mix is going to be much much different. And so the way that our pricing strategies and sales strategies look had to reflect that. Uh, to me, it was extremely exciting because um, we kind of could isolate some of the variables, and because the pie was so much smaller, we could really our teams just said, Hey, look, the pie is smaller, but we have the best new product in town and we can build the best team. Yeah. So we should be able to, we've got yeah. that talent. Yeah. We've got, you know, we're not in the same boat as other, other properties or, or markets or whatever that may be having to cut because they're, they're running on ops funds. So now we're running on the same construction budget. We can go hire the talent that we planned on hiring anyway. Yeah. Now, Let's get that talent and let's go capture the market share. So we were actually, from a piece of the pie standpoint, able to get a bigger piece quicker because we came in with good talent and we came in with um, the, the, the newer product. Um, so it, from a percentage standpoint, um, our team's done an excellent job with going out and capturing what's there to be, to be captured. Uh, I got a question for you. It may be from left field, right? Okay. Right? So I know, I know you're in the hotel industry, but I'm just curious myself, right? Like, what's your thoughts on like the Airbnb stuff, right? Um, how much familiarity with it do you have? And like, not even from the hotel standpoint, but maybe from an investor's standpoint, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it depends on location. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it depends on what you can what you can buy at, um, but I do like the proposition, especially in certain markets. Yeah. Um, I think people will uh, like the ability to stay in a place on their own, where in, in a COVID environment, where they don't have to go to a hotel that may have a hundred rooms, yeah. and there's a hundred different guests that walk in and out of the lobby. Hmm. Uh, you you may have somebody that really appreciates the ability to get a remote key code and go punch in and go into a clean room and stay there and not have to come in contact with anybody. Yeah. Uh, so 
that's something that that's a little bit of a pivot versus a hotel may offer some different amenities. Uh, Or uh, we've we've managed some hotels that have a a pool table or billiards table in the lobby where people used to come in and get a snack or get a get a beer at the at the at the shop and go over there and shoot pool and, and mingle where that may have changed with, with COVID, uh, has changed with COVID. So um, I think there's some really good opportunity uh, with, with things like that. It all depends on what market. Some of the leisure markets that were extremely hard hit, you may have been able to find an opportunity on a short sale when you know people are gonna come back to the beach in Florida. Yeah. Uh, you may have been able to find some opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, so I think each investment is gonna stand on its own, but. Uh, People are going to continue to travel. They want to travel. Yeah. Um, and if, if flights are cheaper um, and a vaccine comes, I think that you'll see some of, some of those. And a vaccine is, I mean, here and being distributed, I think you'll see some confidence start to be restored. And and it's an intriguing proposition. Yeah. I was just kind of curious, and, and I think it goes back to, you know, um, anything, whenever you're investing, it goes back into – to when you buy it, where you buy it, like yep. price point. So, um, you know, kind of talked about opportunity in, in the hotel industry and how that industry was hit hard and those kind of things. But what's kind of been weird a little bit too is <clears throat> some businesses truly thrived, right? And you were kind of part of a business, a smaller business that that the industry thrived and that business thrived too. So, how do you look at opportunity from that standpoint where it's like, almost like, okay, let's put the foot on the gas pedal, not pump the brake type too. How do you see it from that standpoint? Yeah, I think we talked about it last year. I mean, COVID was going to create a lot of opportunity for, for those that were looking for it. Um, some people happen to just be in the right place at the right time and be in a good industry. If you know, if you uh, was talking to a gentleman at church the other day that, he was like, yeah, I had some, I had a good amount of Lowe's stock and he's a pretty happy camper because I don't know if you drove past Lowe's, it, <laughs> you couldn't even get in the parking lot for yeah. basically the first four or five months after COVID people are stuck at home and they said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do some home improvement projects. Yeah. Um, if you're in the landscape industry, if you're in the furniture industry, people wanted to make improvements at their house. Um, so I think there's, no matter what it is, what, what, even with, I uh, had a chat with a buddy the other day about um, the new um, administration coming in uh, on the 20th of January, uh, there are gonna be some changes to taxes. There are gonna be some changes to regulations. There are, gonna, there are going to be changes, just like there were changes in 2016 and 2012 and 2008 and so on and so forth. Whoever can evolve and adapt the fastest is going to be in a position to win. Yeah, um, you just have to be looking for the opportunity. Um, I think it's about keeping your world small, controlling what you can control, um, being a part of change where you see change that needs to take place. But you can always make a difference in people's lives you come in contact with every day. Um, and there's always going to be opportunity if you if you look for it. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, in that position where maybe their industry was hit hard and they've kind of had in the back of their mind starting up their own business. You know, these are professional people that are going out and starting up gyms and starting up, you know, what would be considered non-professional 
things, but they're seeing that opportunity and it's given them that platform to, you know what, now is the time to, to take that step out. Um, I, I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on, you know, when you go through a challenging time or change, change, you know, some people will kind of have that chicken little mindset or kind of stay in that frame of mind of, um, man, I, I'm afraid, right? I'm afraid of, of what's going to happen or I'm, I'm seeing everything on the news and I'm, I'm just afraid, right? How do you shift that mindset from looking at it from that standpoint to shifting it to what's the potential and what's the opportunity here? Um, how do you do that? Uh, well, I'd say it's, it's two or threefold. One, I think one thing I've learned from you uh, over the past year is if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think flipping the switch on that to, to thinking positive and having a clear vision for where you want to be and then a desire to really go after it are, are important. Uh, the other is I, I just – a lot of people look at an investment or a job or whatever it may be with a what's the upside – uh, my first question is, what's the downside? Um, and if there's a good way to hedge the downside, then my question is, why not? Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of what I what I look at. Um, I've heard some really smart people talk about uh, negative visualization, even <laughs> like, you know, what's the worst that could happen, yeah. and yeah. kind of going down that mental uh, that that thought exercise and and thinking, okay, what is the worst that could happen with this? And if you can live with that outcome. Um, go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's personally not the route that I take, but I've seen that work for some yeah. people uh, really well. Um, I try not to get carried away with the upside before I ask what's the downside. Yeah. Um, not get too emotionally attached to Right. Uh, because if I'm content with where the downside is and, and what hedge that I've put in place to, or can put in place to protect against it, now I can start to impact the upside. Yeah. Uh, so I, I typically look for things where the downside is hedged and either the upside is good enough or I can add value that will increase the upside. Yeah, yeah. You know, my natural tendency is to always at the upside. I'm always <laughs> looking at the upside. And, you know, that, that, that serves you well to a degree, but also know you cannot rely on that. So kind of the, the thing that I do is almost like what you exactly just what you said I'll ask is, what is the best case scenario? What's most likely to happen? And then what's the worst case scenario? And that, am I cool with that? Right? right. Can I live with that? And, you know, if I can, it's it's all good. But I'll tell you my, my biggest, um, my first step though, is I ask my wife and if all she gives me a little yellow light, that's all I need is a yellow light to just move forward. You know, I just need the little yellow light. So anyway. So in your, in your world, yellow means go. It means let's go. Okay. Let's okay. go. It's okay. like, hey, you know what? Let's proceed with a little bit of caution, but let's let's go. It's funny. <laughs> it seems like the people that I've partnered with in life are all um, their question is what's the upside? Yeah. My business partner, he sees the he sees the upside. Yeah. My boss, he sees the upside. Um, my best friend, he sees the upside. What's the opportunity? And yeah. I'm generally the one that says, what's the downside? <laughs> and they know if I'm on board, uh, they, they, they can take care of the upside. So uh, you're probably the yellow light. In They're fact, good. I was I was talking with my boss the other day about something, and uh, he gave me some, some numbers. 
I went back and chewed on them for a few days and went back to him and said, you know, here's what I think, uh, X, Y, Z. And he said, you know, I, I said, you know, before I talk to so-and-so about this, I, I'm just going to take 20% variance on the negative side. And he said, well, yeah, I knew you were going to do that. So I already gave you 20%. I said, yeah, but my job is to take another 20. Yeah. Uh, but he knew in us working together for six years, um, Logan's pretty conservative. I'm just going to go ahead and, and Take put a haircut on this uh, and it'll fit his parameters. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, he tried to slide that one by me. That's funny. Yeah. You know, I, and, and I, I say that about my wife, but I also know my wife is very wise. She's also very discerning too, but she's also super supportive, you know? And, and so if she gives me a little bit of yellow light, I, I, I'm good with her wisdom there yeah. and her discernment too. Cause I mean, I, I don't think I'm an idiot, you know, that I've already done some research before right. I get to her and uh, just need a little bit of yellow light. That's all I need, Logan, just That's a little right. bit of yellow light. So, um, you know, I, I kind of want to jump into some of these. Um, I think, man, I, I really see an opportunity really right now for small businesses um, to really get going. I, I think the I think we talked about it last year when this first started everybody's coming back to the starting line, right? right? I see the playing field start to level out, you know, just a little bit. And I see a lot of opportunity for small businesses. You and your business partner have, have done a good job of acquiring small businesses in the last, you know, couple of years. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things you and I have talked about, and I think this is a mistake that I made early on was I, I built a job, right? And, but I didn't build a business, right? What are some of the mistakes that you see, or, or not mistakes, let's say it like this. What are some areas of improvement for small businesses to really set their business up for success? So, yeah. Um, I would say if you haven't already, go get Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or uh, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad cash flow quadrants yeah, and, and figure out... Do you have a business? Do you have an investment? Are you an owner or do you own a job? Mm -hmm. uh, figure out where you fit. Um, make sure you're putting yourself in your strength zones. Um, and and uh, But that's been a big thing for me uh, to kind of evaluate things is how does this business function if you pull that owner out? Yeah. Um, and so um, you can sometimes make more money for your business and keep it the size you want it to it's all about i think the quality of life and the type of life that you want mm -hmm. uh, you know you don't need to grow your business a ton if you just um want to make really cool thank you notes and work on calligraphy and be creative and not have to answer to uh a whole bunch of people or manage a bunch of employees then you can keep your business pretty small and gradually go up on price and you can make an awesome living and uh be very be very fulfilled. Uh, but if you want to grow your business, uh, if you want to build your business and sell your business, uh, then there are some things that need to be put in place and you need to evaluate what quadrant you're in and how to move to the next one. Uh, yeah. by, and it's really all about, it's all about acquiring the right talent and putting them in a position to be successful. Yeah. And as you talk about that, um, the quadrant rich, rich dad, poor dad talks about it. You, you mentioned it. He's got like, self-employed right that's basically where you own that job but then the business owner that's where you don't have to be hands-on right right and that's where the business can operate without you you can go on a six-month vacation 
or you can go out west right. and go hunting right. and the business can be self-sustaining and many small businesses, what they've really done is built them a job. And, that, right. and that's what I did, right? I built a job and uh, we never had intentions of, of selling it initially, but when we did decide to make that transition and to sell, it, it kind of hurt us in our value in our valuation of that business because in reality, I was the face of the business, right? right? And if you take me out of it, the value of that business is, is down. There's right? a certain level of risk for a buyer. Yeah. Uh, if you walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they've got a factor for what does it cost to replace you just from a day-to-day -day standpoint. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of a double, double whammy on the risk for a buyer there that, um, they've got to address. And if you're evaluating buying a business, it's something you need to factor as well. What's it going to cost to replace this person? And what percentage of that recurring customer base is there because of that person? And how are you going to hedge against that? Yeah. Um, so at the same time, um, some people really love being in the day to day mm -hmm. and they get a lot of fulfillment and, and reward from that. And you don't have to change anything if that's yeah. what you if that's what you want to do. Um, yeah. You were in physical therapy, and some people just love helping people get better. Yep. Whether it's sports optimization or recovering from a car accident or whatever it may be, some people just have a passion for doing that. And if you don't want to grow your business and you want to be in that day to day, you might just want to hire an office manager or whatever it is to take care of some of the stuff so you can do more of what you're good and passionate about. Uh, but if you want to grow it and sell it, um, you can't be all of the talent. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, um, as I've gotten an opportunity to work with a lot of business owners, too, is and, and I, I reflect back on my time in, in the business, too. I don't know if I had clearly identified what kind of business I wanted to build. Like, right. did, did I want to be in it all the time or did I really want to build a self-sustaining business that, I could work when I wanted to, right? And right. I think if you're listening to this and you have a business, I, I think first step um, is really identifying what kind of business do you want to build? And then once you've identified that, you, you can kind of go down that route. Right. If you are definitely thinking about selling it um, and you want to get the highest valuation of that, you need to put systems and processes in place. Just, just kind of from our standpoint, um, you know, when businesses are evaluated, they typically use a multiple. And I think when we sold, we got a multiple of about four. But if we had set up systems and processes in place and I wasn't or my wife wasn't the face of that, I think we could have got a multiple of about seven or eight, you right. know, which, which is huge. Right. That, that's a it's huge double. difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's a huge difference. Yeah. So, um, it puts you in a different tax bracket. <laughs> it, it will. Right. It, it, it will. So, uh, Logan, where do you see the opportunity right now? Um, everywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everywhere. I love that. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> it's money is cheap right now. Yeah. Um, there are some, uh, you know, Warren Buffett says, be scared when others are greedy, be greedy when others are scared. I think there are a lot of people that are scared and there are some smart people that are greedy, um, right now. And, and so, um, to me, it's just, saying no to the right stuff so I can say yes to the right stuff and making sure that the, that the downside is hedged uh, as best that we can yeah. on the things that we're looking at that are uh, complementary to what we're already doing. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I'm looking at 
real estate. I'm looking at small business. I'm looking at um, all kinds of different things. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this, Logan. So if somebody's got that business, if you got a plumber or electrician out there. <laughs> I love service industry. Yeah. I love service industry um, for myself and my partner yeah. um, specifically. Um, send me an email. If you don't like doing back office stuff, if you don't like having to handle payroll and making sure accounts are funded the right way and that manage cash flow, uh, man, there's some really, really talented people yeah. out there that just want to do more of what they're good at. Um, and so I love partnering with those type of people uh, because we can add some value from an infrastructure and a backend standpoint, uh, take some of that headache away and allow those people to do more of what they're awesome at. Yeah. Uh, so in fact, one of the businesses we bought was was like that, a landscape company. And the, the owner was like, I don't like doing X, Y, and Z. And we're like, okay, we can take X, Y, and Z and you can do the things that you really like. Yeah. Um, and after the, after the first year, we kind of sat down and talked and I was like, so how did this work out for you? You know, what do you think? He's like, well, I just hope y'all got value and are happy with what you paid. And I was like, we're, we're happy. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, my wife said she's never seen me less stressed oh, wow. in the last 10 years. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's got to pick and choose the stuff that he enjoys. And then, uh, not that there aren't ups and downs, of course, uh, mm -hmm. and some, everybody's got something in their job description they don't like doing and it's just necessary. Uh, but, uh, on the whole, it was a big win for us and a big win for him. And, uh, you know, I love being involved in stuff that's mutually beneficial. Yeah. We, we were talking before. I like to, I like to be 49, 51 and everything yeah. where somebody feels like they got a little bit more value than they gave in something. So they leave with a, a good taste. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. So if you've got a business and you just, you know what, if you don't want to mess with the business aspect of it and you just love to do the skill and the service, Hey, send Logan an email. That's right. He'd, he'd be happy to help you out. And I'll put that in the kind of the show notes here. And if, Hey, if you're looking for it, you know, if you're thinking about jumping into a business and need somebody to think through that with you, I would love to help you with that. So yeah. anyway, uh, so Logan, what, what else you got about opportunity? What, what opportunities are you chasing? Um, or can you share? Non-disclosure right now. Okay. Um, right. Hopefully we'll have some good news here in the next few weeks um, uh, about a new, uh, uh, a new deal we're working on, uh, but it would be good vertical for us. That uh, would be very complimentary to some of the stuff we're already doing. Um, but yeah, so there's opportunity is is everywhere right now. Um, so I mean, there, there was just a new another round of PPP funding, and uh, I think there's at least some effort to help the small businesses out there. Um, and you know, I would say to everybody, so, you know the harder hit industries right now are going to be your restaurants and tourism. Yeah. So if you can go and support your local grocery stores and your local restaurants and you're too below to go or whatever it may be, you know, go try to go try to help those folks out because they've um, at least in Tupelo specifically, man, we were really blessed the last few years to have our local food scene come such a long way. Yeah. I mean, we had great local food. I'm always proud to take, out of town friends from Atlanta or Birmingham to these restaurants here that are on par with some of the stuff that we'll drive to Atlanta to, to go eat at some of our favorite places for the weekend and see some old friends. 
always proud to take them to some of the some of the places around here your uh your koks and your park heights and your woodies and your forklifts and some of these awesome places uh so really work hard to support them right now because they're working on limited capacity and um and those people have um that work in the service industry and tip them well and and try to take care of them because that that's a tough industry uh, in addition to some of the travel industries um but outside of those things, man, there's a lot of opportunity and support to small businesses right now. So protect the downside and then dive in. Yeah, that's good stuff. Logan, let's wrap up with this. I, I, I think this will be kind of cool. Let's, let's do some uh, rapid fire. Okay. I, I ask you a question, then you ask me one. All if right. you got something, right? All right? So we'll just go rapid fire. So what are you most excited about right now? Ooh. <laughs> the non-disclosure deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that sounds um, fun. I would say I'm most excited about that right now. Uh, and in tandem with that, I'm really enjoying getting back into routine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've enjoyed kind of, I don't know what it was about flipping the page and closing 2020 up, but it just seems like it's been easier to get in routine this year uh, and kind of feeling like, back in the saddle again and, and excited about uh, just opportunity that's out yeah. there. Um, so um, what is your number one goal for 2021? Mm, number one goal in 2021, um, a, a lot of it is more of a vision statement type thing. I want to, and it used to do like financial type stuff, you know, but that doesn't excite me. Impact excites me. I would love to help five people start a new business. And then um, I would love to truly, and impact is hard to quantify. So, um, you know, one of the first things you asked me when we started coaching was, how do we know if we're making progress? And progress is really results, right? Are you mm -hmm. getting results? So. I would love to come alongside 30 people and help them get the results that they would want, uh, including those five new businesses. So that's something I'm kind of looking at. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, biggest lesson of 2020. Oh, I feel like I would need to segment that into yeah. different <laughs> facets of life. I could tell you what hunting lesson and yeah. what financial lesson and, 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 uh, whatever it may be, but um, I would say two things that I like really, uh, there are three really big things that I, that I would say that I learned. One um, is that whoever evolves and adapts the fastest is gonna win. Uh, this was my first, I was in college when 2008 happened, yeah. or well, I was in high school, but the, the financial ramifications from 2009 to 2013, I was in college. Um, and looking back on, I was studying it and getting a finance degree as it was happening. Uh, and then kind of about 16, 17, I realized like how big it was. And I feel like I started to see it in color instead of black and white, yeah, okay. looking back at it and thought, man, I wanna be ready when the next season of opportunity hits. Yeah. How can I get enough cash saved up so that I can capitalize it when the next thing hits? Yeah. Um, can I pause you right there? Yeah. Because uh, something you and I have talked about too, I don't, you don't even have, you don't even have to have the cash, which is 
Well, that's what I was you getting know? at. Is is uh, anyway, I'm not to that point. I'm not where I wanted to be today yeah. to capitalize on that opportunity. But when COVID hit, I felt like this is it. This is that yeah. 2009 type of opportunity. Um, how can I capture some of it? Um, and then how can I help other people capture some of it and realize that, um, yes, there is a lot of, uh, there are a ton of negatives, uh, but there's also opportunity. Yes. There are also some positives and you've always kind of, kind of preached harvest the good. Yeah. So how can we maintain some positivity and really harvest the good out of this time, whether it's, uh, spending additional time with family, maybe it's, uh, ability to travel cheaper. Maybe it's, um, you know, my passion is to spend time outdoors in the West. Well, that is social distancing. Uh, (laughs) so how can we take some of the good as cliche as that, as that sounds? Um, I would say another thing that really hit home this year is life is short, Mm -hmm. um, with the passing extremely suddenly of my father-in-law. Um, and that's been the closest loss, uh, that I've experienced. Um, and so I would say that has kind of shaped the way, not kind of, it's really shaped the way I plan for the future now in terms of, uh, I'm way more guarded with how I spend my time. And those that are close to me have always teased me about it. Like, well, Logan's not going to act like he's excited about being somewhere if he's not, (laughs) uh, like it's a point to the point, like I have to do some self-reflection and say, okay, like be happy at the party. It's a party. You're yeah. supposed to be be yeah. happy and talking to everybody and, and jovial. Uh, but I've become even more like that now of uh, savor the moments that you have with people and really be intentional about planning. I get to see my best friend once or twice a year because he lives in Nashville and travels for work. Well, we've been more intentional now yeah. about how can we get three or four times a year on the calendar? Because if you play the odds, and you live to life expectancy 80 and we're 30, that means if we see each other four times a year for 50 years, we've only got 20, uh, 200 more times to hang out. Yeah. You know, so way more intentional about that. Yeah. Um, so I would say, uh, those are the two biggest things that I learned this year. Yeah. I, I was with you. That's one of the things I told my wife about the 2008, 2009, she was in college and, you know, all those kind of things. I was like, I want to be ready when that happens again. And, you know, uh, trying to set herself up for that. But then like you're saying, you know, capital, you don't have to necessarily be the one with capital right. if you can get creative. Well, so, that's what you taught me is be a connector, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and so that's sometimes true. you can see some upside if you just have the ability to connect people that are prepared for an opportunity with an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and so you've you've, kind of taught me that over the past year about, Hey, just be a connector. And, (laughs) you know, at some point you're going to get some compounding returns on connecting people. Um, so what, what massive action are you taking to accomplish your goal for your your chief goal for 2021? You know, um, the biggest massive action that I am taking right now for that, I I think is making myself more valuable. So I've been, I've been really, very intentional about my own personal growth. Mm-hmm. And you talk about um, your time mm-hmm. being very important. 
I know how easy one that it's it, it's a, easy to allow that time to get out of balance mm -hmm. and out of whack. Um, and I've done that in the past where it's kind of hindered areas of other areas of importance like faith and family and fitness mm -hmm. and all that. But for me, the most massive action I possibly think I think I can make and that I'm, I'm trying is so I can add the most value to other people. I need to continually be growing myself and making myself more valuable. Um, because I mean, you think about you, you're, you're growing, you're growing, right? And, and other people that, that I get the opportunity to work with, they are growing. And if I'm not growing, then eventually, you know, we talk about it all the time. If you're not growing, you're not just standing still, you're getting left behind, right? right? So for me, that I believe is the most massive action that I can take, most underlying massive action that I can take. So, and then steps, you know, it's marketing and actually getting out and adding value, those kind of things. But I think the number one thing is, is making myself more valuable and savoring and, and really um, holding that time of my, my personal growth time. So, right. Yeah. That's a, that's a lesson I feel that we have to continually learn and relearn. Yeah. Um, yes. I know that I'm better yeah. from a day-to-day -day standpoint if I can read five pages of a book, yeah. if I can get up early in the morning and get my hardest things done first, yeah. if I can get up in the morning and drink 32 ounces of water and get a workout in. Yeah. Like I, I just, I know I operate better when I do those things, but they're not easy. No. They're simple, <laughs> but they're not easy. Uh, and so it's really easy to get out of rhythm uh, and lose some of that momentum. I think we don't realize how important momentum is uh, and how hard it is to get back when you lose it. Yeah. Uh, but man, investing in yourself uh, and, and the people that are closest to you helps to get it back. Yeah. Uh, and it's just something that you can, it's easy to just kind of forget and get out of rhythm uh, and then you realize how, how important it is yeah. when you start to just read five pages of a book every yeah. day. It's amazing what what type of difference it'll make. It is. You know, another thing that I've, I've really been intentional to that is kind of sidetracked here is very intentional about what goes in, mm. right? It, in my eyes and in my ears, being very intentional about that. And that, that's, other, that's another thing that's been helpful for my own growth is intentional with that. So My mom always said, garbage in, garbage that's out. It. I think it's in Proverbs. <laughs> um, <laughs> That does say, you know, out of the heart, out of the overflow of the yes, heart, sir. the mouth speaks. Uh, and I think that's where that came from. Yeah. Uh, but it's right. Yeah. Uh, maybe one more, one more. Um, how about your um, around disciplines, right? What, what do you think uh, one key discipline is for you that, that's really made a difference? In 2020 or in life overall. in general? Yeah, overall. Yeah. Uh, taking care of physical fitness, yeah. um, uh, to me helps my mental fitness a lot. Yeah. Um, if I can stay in routine with that, even if it's just maintenance, um, and, and I'm not necessarily going hard and pursuing bigger, faster, stronger, or, or metrics per se. Uh, if I can take care of the discipline of physical fitness and controlling what I put into my body, uh, from a food standpoint, um, I do a lot better at everything yeah, else. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that's kind of, uh, if you've read the power of habit, 
by Duhigg. Yeah. Um, that's a keystone habit for me. Yeah. Um, that and reading. Yeah. Uh, reading, I struggle a little bit more with. I love it when I sit down and do it, uh, but I have a tough time getting my mind to be still enough to not check my phone and my email yeah. and uh, turn on Sports Center or whatever it may be. Um, but those two things are real keystone habits yeah. for me. If I can, if I can take care of the physical fitness and take care of uh, some positive reading, whether it's a, a sports book or a hunting book or a business book or a finance book or whatever it may be, uh, just focusing and, and reading uh, and doing physical fitness uh, and controlling my diet, man, those are those are really big for me. Yeah. What book are you reading right now? Uh, right now, I am reading The Richest Man in Babylon and um, I'm finishing The Pumpkin Plan. Pumpkin, yeah. The pumpkin yeah. plan. Yeah. I'm sorry, I told you one more question. All right, <laughs> I got one more. Well, last one, last one, I promise. Um, if 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 somebody was just getting into reading, they just read one book in 2020, what would that, 20, what would that, 2021, what would that book be? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Uh, uh, that one was pretty uh, mind shifting for me. Yeah, yeah, me uh, and, and I have started listening to quite a few real estate podcasts and it seems like that's always the book that comes yeah. up. Um, but if I had to just pick one, I would say, I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Think and Grow Rich is, up, is right up there. Um, Rich Dad Poor Dad really shifted my mind uh, and is more digestible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thinking Grow Rich, though, will, it, it will change the if, – if you will read it and follow the steps, both of those books can change, yeah. change your future. Yeah. There's been a few books that have really made a, a mind-altering shift, mm -hmm. and Rich Dad Poor Dad was one of them. Thinking Grow Rich was another one for me. Once I, I was taught with it, you know, reading through it the first time, it was, I don't know, I guess the first time I read it, it was a little over my head. Yeah. But, you know, as I've grown, that book is really meant for me. So. Yeah, I, I have my best friend and I are working on doing some, some stuff together. And um, when we talked about it and we started saying, hey, we're going to take some action so that this actually happens and we gain some momentum, I said, as a prerequisite, there's four books that you need to read. Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Profit First, and As a Man Thinketh. Yeah. Uh, those are all books we've covered in our mastermind class. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's probably not a coincidence. Yeah. Um, but, well, no, we haven't covered Rich Dad, Poor Dad yet. That. That's that one that, good, that was one. recommended that, uh, that I did, but I think it was on your reading list yeah. as well. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I, I would say edges those those out, but uh, the ability to apply that knowledge is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, but it's just paradigm shifting book. Yeah. Uh, so I would definitely recommend if you're a business owner, you need to read it. Yeah. It should be required reading. Like when you go to the Secretary of State's website to form <laughs> your LLC, it should say, Have you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? If no, come back after you can answer yes. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to be a business. Either. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and accountants should recommend that if they're your accountant, you should read it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, what, I guess what, um, if you don't have one, that's all good. I'm good. I'm good to being off the hook. I'm good to being off the hook. Uh, what, 
physical challenge are you going to undertake this year? Last year, it was a virtual half Ironman. Yeah. This yeah. year, what is it? You know, I've actually, that's actually something that's been on my mind. Um, so I was, I did the virtual half Ironman last year. I was supposed to do a live half Ironman, but it got shifted to this year. Mm. So I'm going to be doing that this year in um, Chattanooga, I believe, or Augusta. But I've been, I, you know, I think what I want to do, um, and I guess if we're going live on podcast, I, gotta, I guess I'm committed to it, right? That's right. Um, so I'm going to do that. But but I would like to do a trifecta Spartan. I've done all of those, but I haven't done them all in a season or okay. a year. And I think I would like to do that. That Those are awesome. So what is that? So the Spartan races, those are obviously the races with the obstacle courses. But mm -hmm. a trifecta is when you do the sprint. Sprint is... They say three to five miles, but I've never done one that's been in that. It's always like six or seven. Okay. And then um, you have the super. The super is supposed to be between like nine, seven to nine mm -hmm. or something. And then the beast, which is about 13 to 15 miles, and they have tons of obstacles. So, so it's a half marathon with obstacles. That's right. Yep. Awesome. Half marathon with obstacles. So you want to do all of those in one calendar year. Yep. Yeah. So that, that's, that's mine. I, I've been thinking on that and those are awesome. Have you well, ever you, done one? I haven't. I actually told one of my friends that I was like, man, we really need to do this. Why are we not doing this? And he <laughs> said, well, we could do it together, but I already committed to do it with my wife. And she would think that I was ditching her to do it with you. So you're going to have to find a different partner. <laughs> uh, but yeah. it's been on my mind that it would be something competitive that I would enjoy doing yeah. uh, more so than just training to go run or, yeah. or whatever it may be. Um, they're so, fun yeah we did one in um carolinas a while back we did one of the beast which is at 13 to 15 i can remember we were running through a swamp out there i was like man there's some alligators out here i don't know what yeah. in the world they got us out here doing and um our friend that we know neil dean convinced me to do a ultra which is like 30 miles and um i don't like cold i don't like cold okay and uh we got up to new jersey and this doggone thing was on a ski resort, and there was snow on the ground. They had us going through water. I was like, man, I ain't doing this no more. <laughs> that wasn't you no come fun. to my house, and we'll take a polar plunge Woo! this afternoon, and we'll get you ready. Hey, get me ready. I'm out on that. I ain't doing that one again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was fun, though. It was fun. Awesome. So. <clears throat> well, you got 11 and a half months to get it done. We got this. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, you know what? I'm glad you made me commit to that on, on a podcast. Massive That's action. Me. Let's get it signed up by next week. All right. There uh, you go. That's what you would tell me in coaching anyway. <laughs> So it's going to work both ways. There you go. It's going to work both ways. Well, Logan, you got anything else to add value to our listeners or anything else? Hedge the downside and go, go get it. There's a lot of opportunity out there right now. So, um, you know, let's try to look at the positives, harvest the good and uh, make it a positive impact on the people around you. Um, keep your world small, control what you can control and go capture that opportunity before it flies away. I like it, man. I like it. Well, we appreciate you guys. Appreciate you taking a listen. Uh, I hope it's added value to you. And if it has, make sure to subscribe and share it with a friend or family member. And uh, look forward to getting with you guys next time. And uh, you guys have a great day and God bless. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself? Audit yourself and change your life.
Hey guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe, give us a rate and review on your listening platform. And hey, we value your feedback and it helps others find us. Are you ready for this?